What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of CMA Podcast. How is everybody doing? Back once again with the notorious Mr. Burke Green. How are you doing, my friend? I am very well. I was uh, feeling quite fragile this morning. Um, I felt less fragile as the day has gone on, mostly because I just thought, well, no, I'll work hard all week. I'll go to the gym all week. Uh, I will just treat myself to having a beer, possibly before midday, to try and level myself out. And I've been staying the course. I've been staying the course because I'm committed. You know? As well, you should be, my friend. I mean, we deserve yeah. it. That's what we, I mean, we were born to just, like, we were born to do more than just work and pay bills. And oh, yeah. It's the weekend. You know what I mean? It's the weekend. Yeah. And it's been a fun weekend as well. Oh, yeah. I've got to be honest. It's, it's top class. Absolutely top class. Awesome, man. Living the life, living the living, yeah, living the way we should live it, enjoying yeah, our life. That's right? it. You have to enjoy yourself, especially yeah. when the UFC is on at, an, at a reasonable time. You've got to enjoy that shit. Absolutely, man. I love watching it at this time, more so because of I hear so many complaints from the Americans and the <laughs> time difference and the fact that they got to sit down in the afternoon to watch the fights. Yeah. Come on. It's basically Crimea River. Yeah? There you go, man. It's like, it's, although that, to be fair, I think we mentioned this on a previous show before, but I think I would actually, well, to be fair, the pay-per-views, you can go and watch it in a bar in America. That's the difference. Like, try finding a bar over here that will be showing the UFC at 5 a.m. when the main event walks out. You, you're going to be hard-pressed. And yeah. if you're going to be awake at that time anyway, it's... It, or in any fit state to even remember the fight by 5 a.m. Let's be fair. Because if, if, you, if you're committing to staying up that late, then you're probably going to be getting hammered. And then you'll wake up in the morning and be like, yeah, I'm pretty sure the fights were good. Don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> Do not remember it. a goddamn thing. That's the problem. I remember quite a few where when it was starting to get popular and just before I left Ireland to come to Switzerland, um, there was a, a bar manager, a friend of mine in Cork City, where, I, where I'm from, um, you know, three o'clock, bars closing, staff are cleaning. And it's just like the UFC friends of his would be invited in to, to all chip in for the pay-per-view. And, um, you know, it was a pretty cool way to watch it. But then your, your entire Sunday is just destroyed. Oh, yeah. Breakfast in the afternoon. And, you know, you're just wrecked and you're, you lose an entire day. Now, I, I used to you know, just wake up at like 10 o'clock in the morning, have a Red Bull and I'm fine after four hours sleep. But, you know, when it's in when it's in our time zone, like whether it's in Asia or in the Middle East or in, in Europe, it's just a pleasure to sit down yeah. with your evening. I don't go out much, you know, but sit down I, last night, dude, I cleaned my kitchen during the prelims. I had some food during the prelims. I got my kids to bed and I watched the main card with a beer in my hand on my couch, man. That's all I wanted. Perfect. That's perfect. I mean, I, um, I had a barbecue around my mates because obviously we had the Formula One qualifying as well in the afternoon. So we had a two barbecue day. We had a barbecue in the afternoon and a barbecue in the evening as well. Uh, we had some armadillo eggs. Have you ever had, a, have you ever had an armadillo egg? I like armadillos. Yeah. Armadillo the eggs. They're, they're delicious. It's, it's something that my, my mate found on instagram i think it's like a texas thing apparently apparently it's, it's big in texas right. if anyone from texas is watching this right now they will know what an armadillo egg an armadillo egg is yeah. already basically it's uh like a chili uh stuffed with cheese 
wrapped in pork mince, seasoned like pork mince, wrapped in bacon, and then put on the barbecue. Whoo! Gotta say, it's top top tier. Absolutely oh, yeah. top class. Loved it. That yeah. is that is a proper manly dish right there, man. Oh, it's good. Yeah, that's all we were, we, we had. Basically, one of them each, a bunch of ribs, a bunch of burgers. I ate probably more calories than I should have done. But who, you know, I, I do train a lot, you know, during the week, yeah. so I, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. Absolutely, man. That sounds delicious. I, I, I did have a barbecue today, but I want to stay on your barbecue right now. That sounds like it just a grease heaven. Obviously, oh yeah, yeah. I was with a couple of beers. Absolutely perfect because you get all the bacon. It's, you we use streaky bacon, so yeah. you get it all nice and crisp, like all just around the outside. And it forms just like a nice crispy layer on the crunchy on the outside. So I think that's why they call it. There you go. That's but, what it's there for. Well, I think the because literally the the streaky bacon when it goes crisp, it almost forms like an armadillo shell. I totally see why they why they call it that. Yeah, but it makes yeah, sense. Absolutely delicious. Yeah, very good. Look at us, City Martial Arts, man. We're promoting a healthy lifestyle with a beautiful dish like that and drinking <laughs> beer on a podcast. You know. Lots of protein for the for the working class. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but um, my question, Bert, uh, you didn't go to the fights. So if they were on where I'm where I'm living, close by, I, I'd have gone to the fights. What was your thought process? I mean, oh yeah. What number one? It was very difficult to get tickets. Very difficult. Uh, more or less, uh, they sold out instantly. Then you're um, off to the resale sites. At which point. Yeah, you might as well sell your fucking kidney to get one of those fuckers. Like, what? What's the point? For for me, it ha- it would have to be a real. I like going to the UFC live. I like going to watch mixed martial arts live. I go to quite a lot of Cage Warriors events because it's twenty five quid a ticket, and it's the same. It, it's you see more name fighters at the UFC, but the, the but the experience is more or less the same. Right, and for me. I just feel like it has to be a very good card for me to consider parting with like 700 quid for it. Because, uh, uh, I mean, even the cheapest seats were like going for like four or 500 quid. I was like, yeah, no, 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 no. It, the card's good, but it's not that good. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not like you've got all of the household names going up there. Don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of Paddy Pimlet, but where is he in the rankings? He's a relatively new kind of thing. It's not like you've got Conor McGregor on the card. I hate to you know, throw his name, but, but like him or not, the, the man, I would I would go and see a Conor McGregor pay-per-view. I'd 100% yeah. go and watch it yeah, because likewise. you know you're getting a fucking huge show. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, there were good fighters on the card, good fighters, fighters that I really like, fighters that I rate very highly, but superstars, they're I mean, Paddy Pimlet's not a superstar yet. Love him. Absolutely love him. I think he's going to be an absolute star. He's not a star yet. Not, not, not on a global kind of level anyway. But, I mean, he will be 100%. Like in Liverpool, man can't move without fucking signing autographs. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. In, in, in the UK, yeah. Huge star. Globally, not yet, which will happen. But for me, there needs to be global household names if I'm going to part with that kind of money to go and watch uh, a, a UFC event. Because yeah, it is, it's sense. different with, without the commentary as well. It is, it's weird. It's, it's, it's fun to go and watch it live, 
but as uh, from a viewing experience i don't know i kind of think i prefer having a barbecue with my mates watching it on the tv because you get the best view it's in high definition yeah there you get the commentary yeah. I, it might be an unpopular opinion but for me i think i prefer that actually yeah, it makes sense. And again, uh, if it was a, a top tier ranked or title fight or something, then then yeah, I, I get it. If it was sold out in minutes, I wouldn't even touch those reselling sites. No. They don't deserve my money, those fucking scumbags, you know. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it, man. The reason why we are here, it is UFC fight night. Uh, Blades versus Aspinall at the O2 Arena last night. Well, it's Sunday. This is probably going to post tomorrow. Um, because I'm lazy and I don't want to edit tonight and I'm oh, very yeah. tired. No, no, so Sunday my, is not for editing. Exactly. My thought process today was I'm excited to do a podcast because I've, I've got energy. I had a barbecue today, Bart, and um, mm -hmm. I'm tired. I, I, it's warm here in Switzerland. We got 34 degrees today. Uh, we didn't hit 30. I think we were about 32 over yeah, here. It's like, you know, what's a couple of the degrees between friends, right? <laughs> exactly right that's what she said so let's uh let's kick off the main card because the prelims dude i was making food i was tidying my kitchen i was answering 50 different questions about coloring books but nonetheless i got to watch and listen to the fights mm. first fight on the main card vulcan ozdemir from just down the road here versus paul craig paul craig came out of the locker room and he looked like he was a viking ready to fucking kill um he pulled guard a lot and we all knew he was gonna do that oh it was so awkward dude we all knew there's, that. there's a rule in jujitsu they're not really in jujitsu but the jujitsu community of mma don't pull guard no pulling guard is perfectly legitimate it do you is. know? No, but do you know? Do you know what I, um, what I didn't like? It wasn't so much when he was pulling guard. It was when he was lying on the ground saying, "Come in." It's like, no, 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 no. It's your job. If if your specialism requires you to be on the ground, it is your job to take it there. Pulling guard is a way of taking it there, and I'm I'm fully on board with that. That is absolutely fine in my view, yeah. but. Lying on the ground and just saying, you know, come and just come into yeah. my gut. It's, yeah, no, not it's into a that. Tough one. But I he was, was tired. I do understand. I understand and appreciate that. Yeah, he was very tired. There was a there was a lot of strike. There would you say a correct English part because you're from the, uh, the 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 land of England. There were a lot of very 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 good strikes in that fight. A lot of sloppy yeah. boxing, but a lot of beautiful left hooks and straight rights happening. Didn't do you know what really impressed me with Paul Craig's striking? Actually, that spinning back kick to the body was really landing. Yeah, yeah I quite, and I was like, you know what? That's not terrible. Yeah, <laughs> he should have been doing more of that, honestly. Yeah, but it was good. Uh, obviously, Uzumi's got that power that you just cannot, you can't take liberties with that power, and I think that was what was going through. That, that was his thought process, wasn't it? Yeah, was if yeah. I can avoid his power at all costs, I will do that. And that's that's what he tried to do, and uh, yeah. hey, he paid he paid the price because yeah, he lost he lost the decision. As soon as I said it was thirty twenty seven, I was like, well, Paul Craig's never got this in a million years. Yeah, but it's uh, but it was a good fight. In, yeah, it it was fun, but interestingly though, um, how would you Scott? Because actually, in my head, because 
I understand what Paul Craig is doing. I kind of scored the rounds more heavily to Paul Craig because he was dictating where the fight was going. Even though he's on the bottom, he was dictating where the fight was going and he was you know, fighting for all the submissions. For that reason, I, I was kind of inclined to score the first two rounds to Paul Craig. But obviously the judges only really let score who's on top. My question is, do you think that that's right, that they score who's on top, regardless of who's initiated the position? This is the, the big debate because, you know, naturally our, our brains are wired to, if you're in a street fight, the guy who's on top is winning, right? That's what she um, said. That is what she said, and she said it many times. <laughs> but when, when, you're, when you're scoring, you do have a valid point. The, 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 where the fight was, was dictated was Paul Craig. He was mm. pulling guard. He was keeping him down. He was threatening with submissions. Uh, Vulcan was doing a very good job spinning out of the leg locks. And, you know, does that score as heavy as a clean strike or a, a takedown defense or a, an escape, you know, the topic for debate? And Joe Rogan talks about this. It's old school boxing rules that were going on here. And it's not really jujitsu rules for like, you know, there's the four, two, three, like the, there's yeah. positional scoring for jujitsu. That's not in MMA. So do we look at that as he dictated where the fight was going, but he did nothing. So how do you score it? It's, it's really weird. And I said to my wife last night when I was saying, I hope the guy, the Swiss guy wins because I'm a huge fan of his, but with the scoring, how is it going to look in the judges if they see that this guy controlled where the fight went? So it's, well, I heard 30, 27. I was like, thank fucking God. For oh that. yeah. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I heard 30, 27, I was like, well, yeah. who's the man's got this? Cause there's no way that you're giving Paul Craig every single round. Yeah. But, Delighted no, it was a good fight. It was fun. It was uh, moving on to the second fight. Dude, this was a smasher. Molly McCann versus Hannah Goldie. Oh, yeah. Hannah Goldie looked fucking jacked. She had those traps, dude. Oh, my God. I'm like, this girl can probably punch. She can probably wrestle. I didn't know who she was. She's probably on the juice. Yeah, mom, most likely. You know, Not being funny, but you don't, you, you don't really get traps like that unless you're juicy, juicy. She was mini Brock Lesnar, I tell him. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I think Molly McCann was um, taking the piss out of her in the uh, build-up. She called her the muscles from Brussels. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That was fantastic. Now, there was some good striking and good wrestling in that fight, but, you know, Molly McCann is turning out to be this fucking dog. Brilliant. Oh, my God. Spinning back elbow again. Like, because the thing is, right, because the spinning back elbow, it landed, right? It didn't put her out. It landed. But, like, I I think it was Paul Felder. It was just like, oh, you know, she threw that spinning back, back elbow. Oh. Imagine if that had landed again. So what are you talking about, Paul? It did land. It just didn't yeah. put her out. It landed. It just didn't quite finish her off. And then she finished her on the ground. Um, yeah. that, that spinning back elbow is money. That's a money strike. Love yeah, it. You really get a good torque. You get some good momentum as you're mm. making the turn. Um, it's, it's very disorientating when you see it coming towards you. you even if you block it, um, you know, you're, you're opening yourself up to that one two after and then molly yeah. just swarmed on her it was Brilliant. beautiful if, if it's thrown well john jones throws it very well actually he's one of the best at doing it because it's almost a defensive strike isn't yeah. it it's like because because you're kind of sorry i keep burping i'm trying to burp away from the mic i've been drinking a lot good, of beer man. today i do apologize 
Um, <laughs> but it, it's kind of a defensive strike in that you're kind of blocking the whole way around. If that makes yeah. sense. It's kind of like, because um, I'm not a boxing expert, but in my head, it's like the cross is a defensive punch because you can tuck your chin as long as you've got your, um, your, your jab hand up guarding that side of your head you tuck your chin and the cross throws out there, there's limited ways for you to get hit in return. Exactly. And it's similar in the world of elbows. It's a similar kind of strike because you're just, you're defending the whole way around. Yeah. And then it lands. And and as you said, the torque that you can get on it is, and also it's it's just fun to see, isn't it? Spinning shit. Oh, yeah, we're spinning who, now, huh? We're doing a spinner shit now. What was that? Carlos <laughs> Condit versus uh, Nick Diaz, Nick, Nick right? Diaz, yeah. Oh, we're doing spinner shit now. Fucking beautiful. <laughs> uh, a very, very sad next fight, man. It's hard to watch, dude, because there was a retirement and he came out of retirement. But uh, mm. Nick, what do you pronounce this name? Nikita Krylov versus Nikita Ale- Krylov, yeah. yeah. Alexander Gustafsson. Alexander is one of those guys, dude, it's, it's heartbreaking to see it. You know, I, I'm one of the guys, maybe I'm biased because I don't like John Jones, but I scored it in favor of Alexander Gustafsson for that John Jones fight. And then he goes we'll on We'll have this, to do a whole separate podcast on that because you couldn't be more wrong. And I'd like oh, to tell wow. you why. But oh, excellent. <laughs> that, that's a whole separate podcast. We'll okay. do that. In a, like We will do that. I think it deserves a whole podcast, though. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, we will set that I'm up in. next week. Yeah. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm fantastic. gonna slaughter you with fact. It's okay. Uh, no, wait. no, please do. Like, I, I love disagreeing on this kind of shit. But I for me, for, for me, I, I've watched that fight a million times, and um, it wasn't even as close as people think. Wow. Okay. It's my opinion. I can't wait. I can't wait to have that one. <laughs> but but the, like the downward spiral of his yeah. career since that fight has has been quite sad, especially the way <laughs> he wouldn't beat John Jones right now. I'll tell you that for free absolutely and you know it's it's sad to see especially with the dc fight when he was getting those uppercuts from the from the ground like the seatbelt position and you know the retirement and then he's back and then he's heavyweight and then he's not heavyweight and then he just gets well that that was and, what worried me when he went to heavyweight uh because it because it wasn't like he was going to heavyweight because he thought yeah that's the right move it's because he couldn't be bothered to cut yeah like, and, that, and that's dangerous like i cannot believe that Fabrizio Verdun was an underdog in that fight. I thought that was fucking disrespectful, honestly. Um, he, I, I mean, I was pretty happy because I had a tenner at nine to one on um, on Verdun by submission. Not bad. I was like, there is only one way this fight is going. Verdun is going to submit him probably in the first round. And I was, and that's one of the Burt Lockers where you look back on it, it's like, yeah, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. But again, my fight picks uh, for this one uh, were right in a sad way. In that I did say that um, 2000 Gustav, 2000, like the last time we saw Gustafsson look good was in 2017 when he did that Mortal Kombat combination on Glover Teixeira. And since then, he has not looked good. And I said that I, I, the only way that Gustafsson wins this fight is if 2017 Gustafsson comes back. And unfortunately, 2017 Gustafsson is not coming back. Yeah, for sure. He's got to retire now and just go out with no more like Chuck Liddell type damage and you know, let's see where it goes from there. But again, yes, I do hope he he really assesses this with his team because I was so rooting for him last night, man. And I'm watching the fight going, stop, stop. You know, just like, fuck. For me, what was interesting was, um, I mean, I had Krylov by submission because I thought that, because that's been Gustafsson's kryptonite of recent uh, years anyway. You know, Anthony Smith submitted him. Uh, Verdum submits him 
Krylov has 15 submissions on his record. So in my head, it was just like, that's if he's going to beat Gustafsson, it's probably going to be there. Because in my head, actually, I thought this was a fight that they were throwing to Gustafsson. They thought he should win this. Uh, like with no, no disrespect to Krylov, but I feel like that's what they were giving him with this fight was like, look, Gus, come on. If, yeah. if you want to get back in, this is the guy to get to get your eye back in. Come on. And the fact that Krylov knocked him out, I thought that's the one area that Gustafsson would have an easier time with Krylov, in all yeah. honesty. But the fact that he knocked him out, I'm like, oh, no, that's, yeah, that's not good. We? It's not good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um and oh dude, Paddy Pimlet versus Jordan Levitt. Oh Paddy the Paddy. Oh Paddy the Paddy. So, yeah, come on. Yeah, so just my, my take on him is uh, he's signed with Barstool Sports. The reason I set up this podcast is because yeah. of Dave Portnoy. Dave Portnoy. At Barstool Sports I ringside Portnoy. with the monocle. He had the Paddy wig and and everything. Um, he's managed by uh, Graham Boylan, which is the owner of the gym that I used to train oh, that's at. That's awesome. Yeah, the the MMA clinic in in. Cork. So you got loads of ties to Paddy then. I never met Paddy. All um, the ties. All the ties. I'm sure I can make it happen with like 17 phone calls and a blank check. Yeah. But um, but with with what Paddy showed in his in his entire UFC career is that first round dude he's he's got to get stop getting hit he's got to stop getting controlled because paddy pimlet could be and is going to be and will be bigger than conor mcgregor yeah i think he will uh, no. for me the first round wasn't all that worrying i think he knew what leave it was uh, i always call it leave it levitt Levit, so yeah. i always know I, he always knew what he was going to try and do and he kind of and it, paddy nearly finished Levitt like a few times in that first round to be fair I was pretty happy that he didn't because I did have Paddy Pimlet round two or two yeah uh, my bet came <laughs> off pretty happy with that one um but yeah there's the, for me the only thing that because it's a similar thing it's one of the only things that I don't hugely like about but again it's because they're scousers right and that they love to jump on their soapboxes when it comes to politics and it, it annoys me Keep yeah. politics out of the octagon. Yeah. So like, I, I don't look. I don't care who you voted for. I don't care what fucking political party you support. Keep that shit out of the octagon, please. Just unless you're doing like a, a hilarious bit like Colby Covington, that's funny. But yeah. when you're like, I don't know, like because it, it, uh, Paddy came out one one night after. It, I like Paddy Pimmer. I'm, I'm a huge huge fan of his. But it's like when he came, he, he was talking about you know justice for the ninety six in reference to the hillsborough disaster and it's like look i get it that was that was a horrible thing that happened but i don't know i, I don't watch mixed martial arts to have those kind of you know that kind of liberal propaganda shoved down my throat completely you know I mean? agree man i'm here to watch fights i don't want to talk about fucking agendas or any of that shit exactly which is which is amazing i want to watch fights um, that's why I don't listen to any of those actors with their like, we really need to start focusing on climate change as I accept my award. You really you know? need to focus on shut the fuck up. <laughs> Come on. I love it. <laughs> but uh, but Paddy, dude, he got it done. So when he was defending the takedown, he slid the leg across, got the body triangle trapping the arm. Trap the arm. Dude, I was watching that fight and I said, this fight is over in a matter of seconds. There was no way he could defend. Beautiful. 
I said the same thing. Literally, we were, we were watching it, my mates. And as soon as he had that arm trap, I was like, it's done. Mm-hmm. Done. There, there's two and a half minutes left on the clock, and he's got his back, and he's got his arm trapped. This is already over. Because like you can have you can have the arm trapped and then forget about it, and the guy can pull his arm out. But he had the arm trapped in a, a body triangle, which yeah. is secure. Perfect. You're not getting out of there. Paddy's grappling is so good. See, that's the thing. I think a lot of people, uh, because he's got a kind of goofy persona, to 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 put it politely, uh, it, but because of that, I don't know some people. Uh, they think that. He doesn't take it seriously. No, no, he does. He's so he's so much more technical than he gets credit for, actually. Yeah. And he, even even with the stand-up, I, I know that he leaves openings. And from like a technical standpoint, like you're a boxing trainer, you're probably looking at his stand-up and you're just like, oh my God, so many fucking awful, awful. Holes. But do not think there's something in his thriving in the chaos. Because the, the, the reason his striking, I think, is so effective is because he doesn't know what he's throwing next. It's very difficult to predict what your opponent's going to throw if they don't know what they're going to throw. Do you know what I mean? Is there something to that? 100%. 100% agree. You're you're hit the nail on the head. Uh, If you look at someone like Marcus Davis, the Irish hand grenade, who migrated over from boxing, and his Great podcast, Alan, as well. You guys should check out Dave's interview with Marcus Davis. It was top tier honestly really good go go back and check it out thank you very much my man i appreciate (laughs) it (laughs) but uh look at his boxing and how he migrated over and kept his boxing on point when he's when he's striking in mma then look at boxers like nick diaz and nate diaz and their posture is down their hands are down they're throwing their one twos their hooks they're throwing not so much power but more punches in bunches yeah um hooks that come from wide uppercuts that come from low Striking in MMA is not an exact science yet. No. It's still not figured out. So you, you like Patty is getting the job done, but it's not good boxing. No, it's it's just flawless MMA striking. Yeah, that's it, and it's almost like a flow state. He gets into it, and yeah. he thrives in the chaos. And that chaos is usually what forces his opponents to make a mistake. Because actually, like what Paddy uses, because because um, Jordan Levitt. Uh, he said, oh, no, Paddy did judo because he wasn't tough enough for wrestling. It's a great line, but it's bollocks. Jude, some, some of those judo players, the really good judo players, are some of, some of the toughest motherfuckers on the planet. Like, no lie. They are just... And Paddy's judo throws are so good. He, he, I don't think you saw any in that fight. I don't, he tried I don't a think any, He tried yeah, a I think he tried them, but, but usually, like, he, his judo throws, because that's what he does. He, he initiates the chaos... The, the chaos overwhelms his opponent. They come out, try to get a body lock, and he's like, thank you very much. And he, it's, I, because I'm from a Japanese jiu-jitsu background, I know it as a loin wheel, but I don't know if they call it the same thing in judo, but it's basically where your leg, when you're going for like the throw, but your leg goes up higher across, just above their knee, above your opponent's knee, yeah. and it's that that le- levers them over. And because of that, you kind of get a real nice torque on the throw and um he did it a lot in cage warriors but i think it was because his competition wasn't quite as good and that it was he was able to do it he did it, he used to do it all the time in cage warriors is why i kind of recognized it as soon as i saw it i was ah the, the loin wheel <laughs> yeah very yeah. nice uh, and you don't see it that much in mixed martial arts actually yeah uh, like not since ronda rousey really like and um cara parisian there's a yeah. name that you, you you haven't heard in a while 
Yeah, the old right. judo Carol. master. He got, he got, um, was it BJ Penn he got that with? Or Mark Hughes? Yeah, well, I don't know. But I'll just, I'll just know that Cara Parisian, uh, it, there was one interview, it was after he won his fight, it's like, my judo throws are the best throws in the world. <laughs> All the other throws are thrown by little girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it, but like, yeah, he just won by hip tossing some dude and arm by him. So I was like, oh, fair play to you, mate. That's pretty Amazing, good. Amazing, man. That's a fucking good fight, man. And a great message from Paddy Pimlet too after the fight, which we it won't was. get into because, again, yeah. politics and gender well, no, politics. No. I, I don't, I don't, that, that wasn't politics. I thought that was nice, actually. No, no, it's not it, was very, it was very nice. I completely yeah. agree with the message he was sending out. But the issue is, because we can't define genders nowadays, Bert, because it's offensive to those who are not one of the two. That's true. You know? um but yeah there there's there's a specific gender that's uh we, we call it male <clears throat> the other one and you know people are it, again the stigma but again i don't want to get into it on this one yeah. but he sent a very very good message guys it was very if, nice. you, if you haven't seen patty pimlet patty pimlet's uh post-fight interview with michael bisping go check it out he pays tribute to a fighter and he pays tribute to a little kid who's got a fight so um absolutely beautiful message but very quickly before we move on from Paddy Pimmett, another thing I really enjoyed was he did do the teabagging thing. He did. And that it was, was so beautiful. funny. And actually, you know what? Jordan Levitt, he took it in good humor. Because the thing is, yeah. it was like, because he, 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 he did it perfectly as well. It was just like, whoop, yeah. And then he turned around and he just gave him a thumbs up. He's like, oh, come yeah. on, man, I had to do it. And and Levitt, and Levitt was like, yeah, to be fair, you, you know, I said I'm going to work on you. you. You go ahead, man. And it was very yeah, good. it was quite nice to see actually that they both. Like, because that could have gone another way. That could have gone like yeah. nasty, couldn't it? Yeah, true. Like, but actually, because Levitt was just like, yeah, fair enough. I, I did lose. So, and I think it was that, like, Paddy did it with like a with like a, a glint in his eye and a cheeky little like wink and a smile and a, and a thumbs up. Like, it, I think that kind of softened the blow a little yeah. bit, and, and so it kind of made it a little bit less kind of egregious. Because there are some people that would have done that. They'd have been like. That they're just fully on rubbing it in, and the other fight would have taken it the other way. And, yeah, um, like John Jones yeah. in DC when John Jones did the suck it thing. Yeah, there but he go. was right to do that. Uh, in a way, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, co-main event of the evening: Jack Hermanson versus Chris Curtis. Um, not the most exciting fight on the planet. No, it wasn't. Um, a lot of wrestling, a lot of uh, <laughs> hugging, a lot of. Do you know? Do you know how? Breaks. Do you know how dull it was? How dull was it? I don't remember who won. <laughs> who won? Who won? Uh, let me let me consult the interweb. <laughs> I actually don't uh, remember. I remember it, it went to a decision, didn't it? I think uh, that was. I think I was literally just getting more beers and yeah, eating yeah. more barbecue. I gotta be honest with you, man. The website says unanimous decision, but it doesn't say who won. <laughs> I'm gonna say Jack Hermanson. I don't know, man. I'll tell but you. Either way, Results. we probably shouldn't break this one down too much. Because yeah. I think if we're both being honest, neither of us can really remember it. Chris, Chris Curtis, unanimous decision. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. No, I good mean, for him, man. Good for him. The strikes, the wrestling, the stats, takedown zero, yeah. sub attempt zero, knockdown zero, reverse. I do remember it was terrible. um it was a lot of jabbing, a lot of it, look, look, yeah. look, no, they're 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 elite fighters in the day. They're not all good all good barn burners, but let's be fair. Sure. Um like I mean 
Paddy and Molly were carrying that event, weren't they? And they Absolutely. did a great job. They did. Because no one else was stepping up. It's true. <laughs> Actually, tell a lie, Mason Jones is pretty good. That, that fight went into yes. a decision, but it was at least a bloody good fight. It was fun. The, those but, elbows, those cutting elbows in that fight, yeah. dude. Oh, what was that in the prelims? I remember yeah, that. it was the prelim headliner, I think. Man, yeah. those elbows from the when the guy's going in on the takedown. Yeah, the, the, I'm a big fan of uh, Mason Jones. He's, yeah. he's he's just he's very very skilled. I think we will we'll yeah. see a lot more from him. He's yeah. just got a little bit of work to do. And so it is what it is. Yeah. And in the main event of the evening, Curtis Blades versus Tom Aspinall. It was a TKO finish, and it was 15 seconds. It was 15 mm. seconds. It was just. Moment but it was, silence. I mean, it was a TK finish, but it was an injury. It was an injury. It was. It was like, a, because that I don't know what it was. Was it a, was it a, an, a, an ACL or MCL? Uh, they haven't really specified how bad it, that, that's what worries me. They haven't specified how bad it is yet. And, yeah. uh, and the way Tom was reacting to it, I was, I, I was heartbroken, honestly. Yeah, he couldn't breathe. Because I'm such a big fan of Tom Aspinall. He just, not, not only is he a bad motherfucker. But he just seems like he's a nice bloke. Like he's just a no. He's just you know. It's one of the boys. Just, yeah, he's just one of the guys. And um, yeah, like it was nice that him and Curtis had a beer afterwards. Though. I'll see I was just going to say that to you. Yeah, they were in the hotel having a beer together. Yeah. That's the coolest thing about that's this fight, nice. Think, yeah, because he said before the fight actually, he's like, look, you know, I'm I'm a fan of Curtis Blades. So because um, I think it was on Michael Bisping's podcast, and he he's been interviewed by Mike, and he was, he was saying, hey, you know. I've, I've got no problem with Curtis. In fact, I wanted to fight him because I like I like Curtis, but I, I'm a fan of his work. I, I said we were both at the same event. We we're getting some uh, some sort of like massage or something like um, you know, some something done physio or something in Vegas, and they're both at the same place. He said, oh, you know, well, I'm a fan of your work, and he's and he's like, he probably doesn't even remember that I said that. He doesn't re- like you know, but I just I just wanted him to know that uh, professional courtesy. I, I I'm a fan of what he does, but it's just, yeah. but. Yeah, it, Tom Aspinall just seems like a genuinely nice bloke. And so does Curtis Blades, to be fair. I, it, this was one of those fights where I was like, this is going to be a shame for one of them to lose, honestly. Because I actually like Curtis Blades. Uh, like Tom Aspinall, I'm a fan of his work as well. I really am. I think he's so good at what he does. I do think there is a title reign possibly in Curtis Blades' future. And I do think there's one in Tom Aspinall's future. But unfortunately, they're just going to clash every time, aren't they? Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, but it was great to see them, you know, in the hotel after it actually brought me back to like you've been in the gym, you've been surrounded by people who are uh, in combat sports and things like yeah. that. Like after four, five, six, seven months, the ego kind of gets beaten out of everybody. Yeah, it goes and, away. You know, you end up with like the big, the guys with the big egos are the guys that don't survive. Yeah. But the guys who are fucking really cool down to earth guys, you end up becoming best friends with them, you know. When I was training in, let's say, 2009, 2010, and 2011, my pivotal months or my pivotal years for for combat sports, uh, the gym that I was in, we would have these fight nights where two guys in the gym would be paired up against each other, and there'd be like 20 guys, 10 fights, and you just end up fighting one of your best friends from the gym that you train with, your training partner, and then you're drinking with them after, and like you don't get that with shitty people. Yeah. So you're just surrounded by great people all the time. And when fight, like when trash talk is pushed, especially with the UFC, it's like it's forced because he probably seems like a nice guy, but he's trying to do this because it's the Conor McGregor way. Yeah. 
So it frustrates me, but you've been around probably a lot of really cool people in the gym, I would imagine, right? I have, yeah. Yeah, a lot of really cool, cool people. Some assholes as well. They, they are there. Like, it, it is what it yeah. is. Like, yeah. But, but yeah, no, for the most part, actually, I found actually that's in, in most gym environments, whether it's an MMA gym or a weightlifting gym or whatever, like most most of the time, the, the people that look the scariest are actually the nicest because they're just, they're there to, to work out. They just want to work out. They want to, do their thing and they're usually like they're pretty helpful like they'll, they'll help you out as well it's nice yeah. yeah the last guy i fought got an invite to my wedding my last fight ever oh. really cool guy we went out we got drunk that night after together we were talking about our training and what we were what we were trying to do against each other and what we didn't capitalize on and things like that like i got married like the next year he got an invite to the wedding motherfucker didn't go because he oh. couldn't go but but that that's what you're surrounded by a lot yeah. of nice people and you know, people from the outside or people who are new think we're fucking animals with screws loose. But yeah, what are you couldn't do? be more wrong. Couldn't be wrong. I do. I do. I, you know, it, that that is a common misconception. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it, it's because like I said it's. I because I, I do mostly like you know weight. Tra- I do t-shirt training these days, mate. Um, you know, just like so, so I can look good in a t-shirt, and that's about it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I've, I've been around you know a few martial arts gyms in my time and. Yeah, my, most of the time, the people are just very, very nice. And they're more than willing to kind of help you learn as well, because that, that it's all a learning environment. And you're, yeah. and you're right, the ego gets... I mean, uh, I, I'll be honest, I never went into a martial arts gym with an ego, because I, I just... I, I wasn't, you know, like a, a like a tough kid growing up or, or whatever. I've, I've never seen myself as that. So I didn't have an ego going in. So yeah. it, was, you know, it was just... I was always just like, well, you know, you're going to batter me. But it's like... Because it uh, weirdly, I had a role with someone... Uh, it, it was just, it was it was really dumb actually, but because we were all drunk and he I don't know why he, he <laughs> said he wanted to, he said he wanted to fight me and I was like I don't know why he's just like he's like well what do you want to do then what do you want box you want to do? <laughs> like what, what do you want to do? what do you want to do he was just like he, I, I was like we can, we can grapple if you want uh, he was like yeah yeah I was just like, I was like yeah, okay well we'll have a grapple how much training have you done do you, you like you're 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 a pretty big dude. You're probably gonna you're probably gonna wipe the floor with me, mate. You, you, you know, go be fine. I mean, I knew I knew secretly that I was probably gonna fucking yeah have an easy time, and it, it was relatively easy. Did you put him out? Oh no, no, I I got him into it. Like I was trying. The thing is, I I had him in like in a in like a choke, but he I was gonna end up hurting him, like really hurt, and I was just like ah, so. <laughs> I can't talk my way through it. I was just like, I got into the mouth. I was just like, okay, right. Look, you're, you're not going to tap from like the neck crank. I don't want, I don't want to hurt your neck. So what I'm going to do, and this is whilst he's trying to fucking get out from under me. I was, like, what? I was like, what I'm going to do next, mate. I'm going to grab this arm here. This arm that I've got now, this wrist. Yeah. This arm is the one that I'm taking. And when I take it, like you tap. are going to have to tap because I am going to hyperextend it if you don't. So please just tap, tap straight away, because right, I've got it now. There you go, and there you go, there you go, there you go. Yeah, and there you tap. So yeah, and then we shook hands. It was fun. That's he's, right. he's a nice guy, but I, was, I, was, I thought it was just a bit weird. I don't know why he wanted to. It was because we were watching some. Uh, First like, of all, it wasn't because you were watching some. It was because he probably knew you did jujitsu and he had a few beers in his system, right? I mean, I don't. He, I don't think he knew that I did jujitsu. I don't think he knew. It didn't. Oh, it's wow. not someone that I know well. Okay. You know? It's a friend of a friend. 
But basically what it was, was we were watching uh, Barstool Sports. Um, they do this thing called Rough and Rowdy. I love it. I love it. Brilliant. Um, and I, I really, because that there's a place for trash talk. There is a place where trash talk is not only required, but it's necessary. Has to happen. Yeah. And there's a guy called the Big Dick Booty Daddy. And uh, that's that. And I was just a big, I, I was just very vocal in my support of Big Dick Booty Daddy. And for some reason, he didn't share though. It, but it wasn't like I was forcing my support on him. He just supported the other guy. I was like, that's fair enough. But then he, I don't know, like turned around and said, so well, sometimes it's the quiet ones that will mess you up. I was just like, yeah, no, no probably. And he was just like, well, well I, I, th- I think I'd have you. I was like, is that right? Yeah. Okay. This Maybe, is why this is why I like to watch fights, clean in my kitchen after supper, bro. Yeah, yeah it's fun. <laughs> but rough and rowdy is great, man. I was because I never like to assume that I'm higher than anybody because I don't. I just don't assume that. I really don't. So I said to him, I was like, "Yeah, no, you, no, you're you're a pretty big dude. Yeah, you're pro- yeah, yeah, you probably have me." And he's like, oh, "I want to fight you." I was like, "Okay, I mean, I will. Don't want to. I mean, I will if you want <laughs> Let's to. Let's go. <laughs> Let me just get my mouthpiece." <laughs> amazing Burke Green I absolutely love breaking down these fights with you man breaking them down before there's a different uh, feeling when we watch it in real time and then break it down after and then analyze what, what we actually watched and it was a lot easier last night because we watched them at a reasonable hour so exactly. uh, maybe we can do more of these you know like after Vegas fights on a Sunday I mean, yeah, because there's not so much of a time constraint then for people to tune in. Yeah, because uh, because uh, a lot of time, that, that's a problem with some of my, with my pick show, uh, catch it on the Burt Locker every week on YouTube. Um, basically, it, obviously, I post them on a Friday, but there's only then one day for the picks to still be relevant. Like yeah. after that point, they're they're not relevant anymore because they've already gone horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. <laughs> but it's it's awesome, man. I love breaking these down with you. I am very excited to watch John Jones versus Gustafsson and break that down with you in a debate yes. podcast. We'll do that next week. Yeah, definitely. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll sort it out in um, behind the scenes, guys. Behind the scenes, we'll, we'll figure it out. Absolutely. <laughs> Bert, tell everyone where you are. I am the Burt Locker on YouTube. You can catch me on Patreon as well. Patreon gets extra fight breakdowns every week. And uh, I'm also uh, the, Bert, the underscore Burt Green on Instagram, the underscore Burt Green on Twitter. Uh, basically, just type in Burt Green anyway. You'll, you'll, you'll find me. Awesome, man. And don't forget, people, to like, share, and subscribe on this podcast, CMA Podcast, Going Nowhere. Uh, we are killing the game in relation to breakdowns. We are trying our best to get as much content out as possible. Life is busy, but we are still fucking trying. Bert, thank you very much for joining me once again. We'll do it again. Thank you for having me. Awesome, man. Rock and roll, guys. Mm-hmm.